millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to another episode of That's What People Do. You are joined as ever by me, Ryan McGowan, and I have James Kay with me. Hello. Good day. Uh, how are you? Uh, I'm well, I'm bored. How are you? I'm, I'm good, I'm good. I am working away. Keeping the country going. Frontline. With escalators. Keeping them going up and down steps so they could happily and easily just walk up and down. You keep but doing anyway. that, I'll keep burning down the 5G towers. We'll get through this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I seriously cannot believe that 5G tower conspiracy is a thing. People are dumb. People are dumb. 5G towers are not causing coronavirus, everyone. Just appreciate 5G and how fast it is. Enjoy it. Don't stop burning them down. It's I can't ridiculous. wait for it. I'm still on shitty 4G. I'm all for the 5G. I'm just not for paying £60 a month for it. Didn't realise that was going to be the case. Oh yeah, if you want if you want five G, it's expensive. Keep with the four G, it's only gonna get cheaper for now. And four G's fine, and the less people that use it, the better it will get. Very true. Anyway. Very true. We are on episode I believe forty two now. It Welcome might everyone. Three. I just, do you know what? I d I don't I can't be bothered to even look. Uh if you if you are still listening to episode forty three, you are an OG baller. Thank you very much. We love you. Um and I've I believe we've got an absolute treat this episode. I find this guy absolutely fascinating ever since I first heard of him. His name is Diogenes, okay? So let's talk about Diogenes the Cynic. So Diogenes was born sometime between 412 or 402 BCE in Sinope, which at the time was an Ionian colony on the northern coastline of present-day Turkey on the Black Sea. So maybe you're thinking at this point, wait, um, this dude's ancient Greek and he's in Turkey. Yeah, what's he doing there? Yeah, so uh, there's a whole 
a bloody history lesson in itself, something I will not be going into today. But Turkey wasn't a thing back then. The area that we know as Turkey um, is an area known as Ionia back then, and it was settled by Greek-speaking people. Um, this sort of region, Ionia, is where they expect the city of Troy to, uh, to have been. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, uh, that was on like the sort of the coast of, uh, I believe, was it northwest Turkey is where they yeah, expect the Troy to have been. Yeah, expanding. Exactly, yeah, and these guys were called Ionian Greeks. Uh, so they all spoke the same language and they lived there and settled there, okay? And also, one thing that I'm... We're, obviously, we are in ancient Greece time now, which means we are before Christ, uh, before Common Era, which means dates go backwards. And it's really confusing that these born between 412 and 402, because obviously that's 10 years, obviously it's ancient Greece. We can't be precise on what dates he was born. But mm. it's the fact that dates go backwards, negative. So it's fucking really annoying to keep up with it. Because yeah. you're like, wait, wait, when did this happen? And it's like 326. And you're like, was that, is that before or after? I can't remember. And I have to double check when his birth date was and then go backwards. So yeah, numbers it's annoying. are going down, not up. Numbers go down at this point. Yeah. Anyway. So like I said, Greece wasn't a thing. The people that lived in what is now Turkey uh, lived in a place called Ionia. And uh, they were Greek speakers. So... Um, People, they share the same language and a, a same way of living, uh, similar culture. They were more aligned to their city-states at that time as well, uh, rather than countries. Obviously, Greece wasn't a thing back then. It was a series of separate city-states, like, you know, the cliche Sparta and Athens, Thebes, Corinth, all those places yeah. were separate city-states that you were aligned with. It'd be like you being aligned with Birmingham, me being aligned with London as a city-state, and I'll just be a Londoner, you're just a... Uh, a brummy. Uh, and there's we no such will thing wage as, war. And we will wage war because there's no such thing as England yet. Mm. Anyway, uh, back to Sinope or Sinope. Uh, it's an odd spelling. It's S-I-N-O-P-E. So I'm not sure if it's Sinope or Sinope, but we will go with Sinope. Yeah. Oh, uh, and before we go any further, I will point out we are way, way back in history where timelines, dates and accounts are very wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff, okay? Uh, it's all a bit loose and there will be very little in the way of dates used in this episode, purely because it's almost impossible to pinpoint events, mainly because we don't even know how true they actually are. So, put that out there right now. A lot of the historians of the time like to exaggerate and make shit up. And also a lot of people who wrote about this era wrote about it sometimes centuries after it happened. So they even yeah. they can't be sure of how accurate a lot of this stuff is. So very little in the way of dates. Don't take everything we say in, I say in this episode as gospel because a lot of it could have been made up completely. All right. But I like it. And this story is fantastic. So we're going to talk about this guy. <laughs> All right. So Diogenes. This is my man. Diogenes the Cynic. Now, not much is known about Diogenes' early life at all, okay? All we do know is that his father was called uh, Hesesius, and he was a banker in charge of the minting of local currency. So that's quite a big fucking job, like, it's, it's a, it, this would have allowed Diogenes to have a lifestyle more luxurious than most in that region at the time. Like, he's in that upper middle class more bordering in the upper class region okay yeah 
So um, I'm, I'm not. We definitely still have a class system in this country. I'm not sure how relevant they are in other countries, but we we still have a class system somewhere in this country. It's still there. Oh, for sure. The gap gets bigger every day. It's wider every day. Each day we stray further from God. Um, <laughs> and there was in the Greek times as well. And luckily, as Diogenes' father was a man in the banking world and his job was to literally make money worth something, they were pretty big ballers, right? Uh, so Diogenes and his father, unfortunately, at some point were involved in a scandal. Uh, which would have been in all the cosmopolitan magazines. Um, this, this scandal involved the debasement of currency, which is defacing and devaluing the currency, which can at, at times destabilize an economy. Uh, and it's thought that this could have had a more political backing rather than a financial one, as the region at that point was partly ruled by, you may have heard of them, the Persian Empire. And many. Unfamiliar. Yeah, many Ionian Greeks living in that era, uh, in that era, and in that island area, were not keen on the continued living under Persian rule, which is odd because Persians were all about, you know, oh, you can you can celebrate your gods, and there was low taxes and all this sort of shit. Although I will point out at that at this point in history, taxes were getting higher and higher and higher, and they they were they were becoming sort of less tolerant of other people and more, um, you know, cracking the whip and shit. So I can understand yeah. why they weren't happy. Nonetheless, both Diogenes and his father were convicted of debasement of currency and sent to jail, where Daddy Dio would die, but Diogenes himself would escape and flee the peninsula, heading to main, mainland Greece, taking with him only the bare essentials, you know, um, food, cloves, water, your slave. Ah, <laughs> um, uh, yes, the essentials. Yes. Yes, the essentials. Yep. Supposedly, Diogenes took his slave Manes with him to mainland Greece. Um, this is where I'm going to throw in um, our like one of our most popular terms here on this podcast, man of the time. Um, most people had slaves during this time. Not that that makes it any better, of course. I mean, most of the world was enslaved. Yeah, that's yeah. just what happened, isn't it? Empires rise up, enslave another one that empire falls another one will rise up enslave someone else absolutely it's very important to remember like at this time slaves were very very common and in fact if it wasn't for slaves we wouldn't have the story of the 300 spartans because because um sparta's whole way of life was propped up by slavery the only reason spartan men slash citizens were allowed to go off and be soldiers from the age of seven until the way that fucking time they died in battle and not actually have a job was because they had a whole under uh, undercurrent of um, slavery that was holding propping up the whole uh, cultural way of living that does make sense someone's got to pick the food and all that kind of stuff exactly and that's what the slaves were doing slaves were doing all that shit that they don't want to do because they want to go off and be soldiers hmm um, so that yeah. does make sense. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. That's the only reason they were able to live that life. Now, um, where where am I? On the way to mainland Greece, Manes, Diogenes' slave, managed to escape Diogenes and was never seen again by him. Diogenes supposedly said of this quote: "If Manes can live without Diogenes, then why not Diogenes without Manes?" I.e., like 
yeah, I could do this. Like, yeah, why not? I don't need a slave. And he actually, for some reason, he was a bit against masters and their slaves and masters not being able to do stuff for themselves. He thought them to be stupid. It was like, you should be able to do this shit on your own. Like, you don't need a slave to do it. I mean, yeah, it's just pure laziness, isn't it? Pure laziness, a lot of it. So once in mainland Greece, Diogenes made his way to speak to a young girl tripping balls on the earth's farts to tell him what he should do next. (laughs) Which is my favourite description of everything I've ever done. Tripping balls on earth farts. Yes, a young girl tripping balls on the earth's farts to tell him what he should be doing next. This girl is not just some weirdo, of course. She is the Oracle of Delphi. What can you explain that? Because I've seen the depictions of it so much. It's just, all they do is enslave girls, isn't it? And yeah, just... yeah. Um, right. First of they all, have sorry, to be a virgin. If, yeah, sorry if you're proper into this whole oracle stuff, but right, it's now thought that what it is, it's hallucinogenic gases um, are what caused the oracle of Delphi to come out with prophetic words and visions, which were at the time, to clarify, just mumbling, right? Which was then inter- and they just depicted it how they want. Hundred percent. It was then interpreted by other priestesses um, to the question that was asked by the traveller. Right. So they've actually even today they've found out that at some point there would have been a fault line uh, under where Delphi, the, uh, the the temple was for the oracle to sit in, and there would be these uh, fumes and vapors coming up, and that she, whoever was the fucking current young girl oracle would sit there and start fucking huffing all these vapours and gases and then start and fucking trip balls. Trip balls. <laughs> and a lot of it was methane, right? It, a lot of it's methane. So this is what I meant by she's tripping balls on the earth's farts. Um, she's just, That's interesting. Yeah, she's just sitting there tripping balls and then someone goes, um, what should I What should I do next? And she, she starts going... I want snacks and then someone will go <laughs> she says you should go off and buy food from the market and they're like brilliant okay I'll go do that next <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it was that's the whole fucking thing pretty much in a nutshell um, it's like it's like it's literally like today's psychic channels right it's all a bit yeah. hit and miss only it was easier to get away with then as for some Getting to Delphi was a proper long old journey that wouldn't be making that they wouldn't be making again anytime soon, right? So, right, okay. Some say they had a pretty good record for telling the future, and for those where it didn't, it was just put down to the priestesses misinterpreting the oracle. The oracle never got it wrong; it was the priestesses that got it wrong, right? Right. Okay. Uh, some questions that were asked of the oracle, because I looked this up, and apparently this is true, uh, were: Will I be happy with the woman I'm marrying? Uh, will I have children? Who stole my sheep? <laughs> like she'd fucking know this. Um, Tim. Yes, it was the man in your village. She says, <laughs> "I know which one he's on." She's on about like because he's definitely you've definitely got suspicions, haven't you? Oh yeah, for sure. You just want to get them confirmed in your own head. Uh, uh, and the last two I've got were apparently these are true. Is the child my wife is carrying mine? Probably not. If you have to ask the question, it's probably not. Can you imagine, though, like, if someone asks that question and then off she goes, huffing methane, starts mumbling to herself, and then the priestesses basically have to just say, do we tell him yes or no? Like, what do you fancy doing today? And they've gone, do you know what? I fancy causing a bit of mischief. No, it's not yours. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Fuck. 
be on your way. Be on your yeah, way. Go do with what information what you will. And the last one, which is absolutely great, uh, is a man called King Creosus, who is king of Lydia. Uh, he asked if he should go to war with his neighbouring kingdom. Apparently, when asked this, the oracle replied that if he went to war, a great kingdom would fall. And that is all he needed. Did not think at all that it would be his own kingdom that fell. <laughs> <laughs> and it was. <laughs> that's such a vague answer, because at war, someone will fall. Exactly. So right either way. Exactly, and that's the whole point of it. That's just like, it's just such bollocks. It's just today's <laughs> psychic TV. It's Derek Cora. God rest his soul. Yeah, you know, he's out there talking to someone, surely, if he's that good at it. Yeah. Um, so Diogenes asked what he should do with his life now. And her response was to, quote, deface the currency. Which you're going to think, right? Oh, that's a bit on the nose, isn't it? He left that's his home. Specific. It's oddly specific. That's the whole reason he left his village, his town, his home. Which makes me think she definitely knows about it because he's definitely told on where he's come from. Yeah. So apparently there was a whole ritual as well. Like you had to like cleanse and uh, there was a whole ritual behind actually going to just... You didn't just wander in and go, you're right, can I talk to you about this? She's not like a fucking counsellor or nothing. There's like a whole... You have to go in, um, clean and do all this sort of stuff. And they de- this is definitely where they find out information about you. That's got to be where they find out the info. Yeah, and she's def she definitely knows that, you know, they they the priestesses of uh, if anything definitely know why he left his hometown or why he's in mainland Greece. So when she's apparently he's gone, oh, what shall I do with my life now? And she started again huffing farts, and she's like, Ugh. and then the priestess is like, deface the currency, you know, it's cryptic enough mm. and also close to home where he can then go, oh, yeah. I can think about that and take that away. Naturally, yeah. naturally, he was confused by this, right? Um, as you would be, considering that he's just been kicked out of his homeland for that reason, of course. She can't surely be recommending that he do it all again, right? So instead of that, he interpreted it to mean the social currency that should be defaced, okay? And with that very right. vague answer, he headed off to Athens. So... Diogenes spent time observing Athenian people and their behaviours and concluded that they were all vain, self-conceited and artificial and that it was society that was causing this to happen, right? He wanted to refine his thinking and challenge the social constructs that Athenians lived by. He was keen on living frugally and discovered a man named Antisthenes. Now, he was a student of Aristotle, Name drop, you may have heard of him. I'm familiar. Yep, and was an advocate of uh, ascetics. Have you ever heard of ascetics? Ascetics, I know know the modern meaning of the word. Not aesthetics with a T at the beginning, ascetics with a C. No, I don't know. Uh, So it is to live a life unburdened by pleasure, to bring you happiness by living as morally good a life stripped of pleasure. Uh, it's quite confusing. Right, okay. So y- you find happiness without pleasure? Uh, yes. So instead of, you know, I don't know, buying yourself material objects, find happiness in uh, other things like, you know, 
nature and just living and just the bread that you ate this morning for your breakfast find find virtue in those things rather than like live in the moment yeah kind of like that um you know strip away all those flowers societal things that we have put ourselves in you know you don't need to be keeping up with the joneses next door live your own life make your own happy ways all that sort of stuff right Uh, but he believed that this was the ultimate freedom. This would like sort of free humans in our own minds to do this. And Diogenes was a fan and wanted to learn from Antisthenes. But Antisthenes was not the teaching sort. So although he has learnt from uh, Aristotle, he's not very good at teaching. So Dio would then hang around Antisthenes like a fly to shit, always following him, taking notes on anything he would say or do. Now eventually... Antistides snapped and actually smacked Dio with his staff, telling him to leave him be, which I would have thought kind of goes against his whole lifestyle, you know, being kind of nice and living free and all this shit. But maybe it allows for it, I don't know. But Diogenes responded, uh, saying, quote, Strike, for you will find no wood hard enough to keep me away from you, so long as I think you've something to say. Which is like ultimate fan, isn't it? Yeah. It's a bit creepy almost. It's like, listen, mate, so long as you have air in your lungs and words to come out your mouth, I will stand by your side. It's like, you need to go away. <laughs> yeah, please leave me alone. So uh, eventually, Antisthenes relented and he took Diogenes as a student, allegedly. Again, like I say, no one fucking really knows. It's alleged, okay? No. But I can imagine it was a very, like, reluctant teacher. It's like, what are we going to do today, boss? Yeah. Do you know what it's like? Do you know what it's like? It's like Pinky in the Brain. Oh, yeah. I know. That's a good comparison. Thank you very much. One of them is actually quite intelligent. Yeah, so like... And the other one's just there for the Yeah, Antisthenes would be uh, Brain, and Diogenes is uh, Pinky. And he's like, what are we going to do today, boss? And he's like, we're going to take over the world. doesn't matter how. Like, we're just going to do it. Yeah. Now, Diogenes was so hell-bent on ripping up the social conventions that people lived by to gain the ultimate freedom that he followed his tutor's practices and stayed away from social pleasures, such as uh, partying, drinking, and the like, okay? Nice. So, one night, when attempting to sleep in the corner of a room, he was disturbed by a group of Athenians in the same building or room, we're not sure which one, uh, but they were all partying and enjoying themselves, you know. Now, Diogenes may be lonely, questioning his life choices at this time, watched on with what I can only call envy, um, that he did not live like this. He'd obviously chosen a different path, and this is where he was going. Maybe at that point he wished that he was them. Maybe he wished to be there with them when he was disturbed by a mouse near him that was eaten away at the crumbs he had dropped from his dinner. Now, this was a moment of realisation to Diogenes, who had said to himself, quotes, What are you saying, Diogenes? Your leavings make a feast for this creature, but as for you, a man of birth and breeding, just because you cannot get drunk over there, reclining on soft and flowery couches, do you bewail and lament your lot? Understand? Can you repeat it? What are you saying, Diogenes? Your leavings make a feast for this creature. But as for you, a man of birth and breeding, 
Just because you cannot get drunk over there reclining on soft and flowery couches, do you bewail and lament your lot? I'm lost, I won't lie. Okay, so the whole thing was that he concluded, if a mouse can be happy with the mere crumbs from his leftover meal, then he could be content with the equivalent in life. So oh, okay. okay. Yeah, this so mouse get rid of is all sitting the luxuries there. that you don't need. Exactly. This mouse is sitting there feasting away at these crumbs, thinking, fan-fucking-tastic, I've got myself dinner tonight. And he's sitting yeah. there going, oh, I'm not getting drunk with all them having fun. And he's like, I don't need to do that. Like, if, if that mouse can be happy with my leftovers... I can be happy with the equivalent in life. Yeah, okay. So from there on, he decided to just strip away all that was unnecessary to live. Um, he travelled like... Proper minimalist. Yeah, ultimate minimalist. Yeah, he was like, do I need this? Nope. Do I need that? Nope. He travelled yeah. light. He was using only a small bag to carry his things, uh, and he uh, carried a big cloak. Now, this cloak acted as both his clothing and bedding simple it's all you need he's like he literally who's stripping it away he was like right what do i need i need something to sleep on okay well it gets cold so i need something to wrap up in okay well i'll just use this cloak and then when he gets up in the morning he's like well i need clothes we'll just use the cloak that's gonna stink but i appreciate <laughs> this sentiment oh yes it, it will yeah it does stink um he began to live on the streets obviously he's like well what do i need a roof for you know i've got I've got my cloak. I can just hide under that. And if it gets rainy, I can go under a bridge or go in a doorway. So he, like, he's like, I don't yeah. need, I don't need a house to live in. So he starts living on the streets. And from then on, he was like, well, what's keeping me in this one city? I can go from city to city. So he starts wandering, testing himself all the way. So um, in the summer, to get used to the elements, he would roll around in hot sand to just kind of get his skin used to it. So it wouldn't really bother him anymore. And in the winter, he would roll around in the snow and hug statues that were um, freezing cold. Obviously, this whole thing was just to harden himself to the elements. So uh, eventually he would go on to give up his shoes as they're not really needed. Um, he had perfectly good feet that he could use. You know, what do I need shoes for? Um, To protect those perfectly good feet yeah. that you use. But, but then I suppose there is the argument our feet are very like mollycoddled that if we did just let them be out in the elements, they'd be a lot stronger. Yeah, I mean, have you seen... Um, I mean, I know there was a Channel 4 series, The Tribe Next Door. Um, oh, yeah, that was awful. Yeah, it was a hit and miss. Um, but you get lots of tribes still in Africa, uh, in various parts of Africa, who... You know, they don't wear shoes. And their skin is, like, as hard as leather. Yeah. And they don't well, need it's the same shoes. As if you start... If, before, as you, if you start playing guitar for the first, like, month or whatever, your fingers will, like, really hurt. You'll get dense. They might bleed. But then, if you keep practising, eventually your fingers adapt and become hardened. Exactly that. And that's what happened with Diogenes. He's like, well, I don't need shoes. So I imagine the first sort of year or so... When he gave up shoes, it might have been a bit uncomfortable eventually because like, it's not going to be like lovely paved roads like we have now. It's a lot of it's going to be stony, gravel shit, isn't it? Um, yeah. Particularly in the cities, like on the countryside, I imagine maybe there's more grass and stuff and that'd be softer for his feet. But he was living in cities, so I imagine his feet were very, very sore and bloody. But anyway, he was like, well, I don't need shoes because they're an extravagance that I, that I, I don't need it. I can strip it away and just go with my feet. 
Um, he, he did, however, have a bowl. Uh, now, this bowl acted as a cup for drinking. Great. And uh, a bowl for eating from, which is great. So, it, you know, he's got one thing that can act as many things. Brilliant. This is really clever. Like, I'm really utilising all my stuff. And then he came across a young homeless child who doesn't have a cup. So what does the young homeless child use to drink from a puddle? He uses his hands. And there he is standing with a cup thinking, oh, what the fuck? So enraged, he threw the cup on the floor. This is a famous thing, apparently. He threw the cup on the floor. There's loads of paintings of him throwing a cup on the floor in anger. He was like, right. How stupid he was thinking that he needed a cup and a bowl when he's got two perfectly good cups at the end of his arms. And apparently he said, quotes, Fool that I am to have been carrying superfluous baggage all this time. What? Um, yeah, I kind of respect him, but I also think that a cup is a, a better way of collecting liquid to drink. Is it, though? Like, it's practical. Is it? It's more practical, yeah. But what you can fill up one cup, and that one cup holds a certain amount of liquid, right, for him to drink. Yeah, obviously your yeah. hands are not going to fill up as much liquid, but if you drink more often, you're going to get the same amount of one cup. That makes sense. Yeah, but like if you if you go to the sink now, and I went to the same sink with a cup, and you went with your hands, I would be able to drink more in a quicker amount of time. That's all it is, isn't it? That's all it is. And that's the whole point. You could drink more than me quicker so you can go off and now do whatever else it is that your society wants you to go off do. Buy more things. Go get drunk with your friends. I'm still going to be here sipping away at my water, living in this pure free life. Not to mention the cup is more hygienic. Yeah, yeah, because this dude's not exactly clean, clean. No. No. Um, well, speaking of being clean, uh, as he went on and refined his simple lifestyle, he stopped grooming himself almost completely, allowing his beard and his hair to grow out. His image became right. so unkempt that people began referring to him as the dog. When asked why... I mean, I, yeah, yeah, he looked like a mess. Yeah, he probably looked like a werewolf or something, just like skinny little fucking hairy dude running around the forests. Um, when people asked him why he was referred to that as the dog, uh, instead of simply saying, oh, because I'm a scruffy fucker who likes dogs, um, he replied with, quotes, because I fawn on those who give me anything, I yelp at those who refuse me, and I set my teeth in rascals. Um... Basically, right. like he's saying, like a dog, if you give a dog a bone, they'll love you for a bit. So if you give them food and meat, they'll love you. If you don't give them yeah. anything, you refuse them, they can, they can, you know, bark at you. And if they don't like you, they bite you. And uh, yeah. Diogenes has a good bite. And I don't mean in a literal sense, although he probably would do this. Um, but I mean in just, um, this, I suppose, one, I think this is a very fair way to describe Diogenes' wit. He's like uh, Blackadder. If we were to, like, if I was to liken him to anyone in sort of fiction, he's like Blackadder with his wit. He's very quick, right? Okay, very very smart. So Diogenes, yeah, okay, Diogenes would have been more than happy being likened to a dog. 
So he openly praised dogs and their nature, telling people they should look to the dog as a model of how to live naturally. They piss in... I agree completely. Yeah, and do you know what? You're not the only one. The company O2 completely agrees with Diogenes. Do you remember the O2 yeah, be adverts? More dog. Be more dog. Everyone should be yeah, more dog. Yeah, because they're just... They're just so happy all the time. Exactly They're that. Just ready to party no matter what. Exactly that. Diogenes also said that. Diogenes was like, dogs have no anxiety of what's happening in the present. They don't live in the past. They purely are just living in the moment. Yeah, very true. They they piss and shit wherever they want and whenever they want. They don't really care what they eat. When they're tired, they just go to sleep where they stand. And dogs also seem to have a natural instinct to tell who is friendly or not. Yeah. You know, like, um, you know, you get those people who say, oh, I don't trust people that a dog doesn't like. Yeah. So, so true. I mean, my dog doesn't dog, like anyone, but... This is true, but your different. dog is a very oddly sort of counter to what Diogenes said about dogs. Your dog's a very anxious dog. Yeah, very anxious. Bless him. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, if a dog doesn't like a person, you know, you've got to maybe kind of s- consider... Why does my dog not like this person? I'm sure Bill Murray and said that, didn't he? Sorry? I'm sure Bill Murray, that's a Bill Murray quote, is like, uh, if a person doesn't like a dog or something, I'll always trust the dog. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I've had quite a few dogs growing up. I absolutely adore dogs. And they, they, they are. They're, they're, they're so pure. They're so perfect. We don't deserve dogs. No, they're great. Everyone should have a dog. Everyone should own a dog. It makes you feel so much better. Well, not 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 everyone should have a dog because I don't know who the fuck it is. But there's a video of this woman and she's fucking boxing. She's got a boxing gloves uh, on. Oh yeah, she punches if you're going to be a shepherd. dog, don't be a dog. Don't yeah, get don't a dog. be an arsehole. So anyway, be more dog. And Diogenes, he is more dog. He really did take on that dog lifestyle. Okay, when wandering the streets, if he needed a piss, he'd stop and have a piss. If he needed a shit. He'd stop and have a shit. <laughs> I'm sure that was nice for everyone else. Yeah. Um, he literally would. He literally was just like, I need a piss. And he'd just stop, have a piss. <laughs> if he's tired, stop where you are, have a nap. He literally would just lay on the floor in the middle of the street and just go to sleep. <laughs> um, Athenian culture at this time as well uh, had eating out in public... Um, as a bit of a taboo, like eating out in the marketplace, that sort of stuff. You don't do yeah. that. You buy your food and you go somewhere indoors, like your home, and you eat yeah. it there. Diogenes saw no sense in this. When you're hungry, you want to eat there and then, and he mm. did. He would buy his food at the stall and eat it there at the stall in front of the cellar, which just shocked many people. They were all like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, I'm hungry. Yeah, but you don't do that. You eat it over there. And he's like, why would you do that? That makes no sense. And then, yeah. obviously, he's like, if you need a toilet, go to the toilet. Why do I have to go somewhere, you know, and hide? Why can't I just do it here? I agree with um, the food part, like, eat wherever, fully, fully behind that, but shitting, please go to the toilet. This is the thing. Diogenes was like, I'm living a free life that, like, no one can stop me from doing whatever I want. I'm totally I'm sure free. He's spreading disease as well, so his freedom is harming others, which is true today. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of shocking people, it does get worse. If Diogenes didn't like you, there was a high chance that he might actually piss on you to show you how much he didn't like you. This did happen. <laughs> He'd actually pissed on someone. 
and on one occasion, Diogenes was brought to the house of an admirer of his work, knowing of his reputation, the person who brought the Diogenes into his house, asked that Diogenes doesn't spit while in the house, which is a fair thing to ask. Please don't that's spit a, in my that's house. That's a reasonable request. Yeah, and Diogenes didn't spit in this man's house. No, instead, he spitted in the man's face, saying, quotes, in a rich man's house, there is no place to spit, but in his face. Right, okay. <laughs> that's just downright disrespectful. <laughs> no! It's like, you can't, how can you tell me where to spit and where not to spit? So if you're going to tell me that, I'll just spit in your face instead. You told me I'm not allowed to spit in your house anywhere. I'll just spit on you. Every like, town you has to that spit. one crazy person that everyone knows. Like you, every, Everyone knows about the one crazy person in town, and Diogenes is that guy. Yeah, we've got one dude who um, he likes to walk around in very short shorts, uh, a very see-through mesh top, and a trilby. In mm. All year round he does this. He just sort of walks around town. We don't know where he goes, but he always carries an umbrella as well. Everyone knows of him. Yeah, we don't know his yeah. name. We just we, everyone's seen him from Basildon to Southend. We've all seen him. <laughs> yeah, we have a guy that goes up to walls and just barks at walls and just he's a really bizarre guy. But at everyone walls? knows him. Yeah, he'll go up to a wall like literally nose touching the wall and just start barking at it like a dog. Wow, that is bizarre. He is like yeah, Diogenes. Really nah, he's living like the dog. He's being more dog. We should all be like this man. We should all bark at walls. Yeah, I'm sure it releases some stress. Maybe that's what it is. That's the thing. These people live in a different reality, and I'm all on board for having a look at what it's like. Yeah, for sure. Normality is boring. They, they do not bow to social constructs. No. You know? oh, one, one, one person was like, oh, we, we don't grow up. We just learn to live with the rest of society. And I was like, damn, that, that's hard hitting. Yeah, that is true, to be fair. You just conform. Like, I was walking through my local Asda uh, yesterday, and... Um, there's a song by I think Anne Marie, and it's like the birthday song, right? And yeah, yeah. There was this mum with her daughter, and the daughter was like singing this song, and it's my birthday, really shouting it out. And the mum was going for it as well, and was like, "Yeah, go on, sing, sing." And then she was singing out loud with her daughter as well. Now they were both awful; they sounded terrible. But do you know what? They're having fun. And yeah, I was living in the mo- yeah, fully, fully behind that, fully in the moment. And I was I was in front of them walking along, and I was listening to them, and it was putting a smile on my face, and I was like, "Yeah, oh, brilliant! Yeah, c- crack on, keep singing." But I wouldn't be able to do that. No, it's something I wish that I had the capability of doing, just not caring. Yeah. Uh, this is this is, I know he's yeah, I know he's really fucking weird about going around it, but this is Diogenes' whole point. It was like you're not being an honest and free person because you're constantly assessing. How, how society will look at you and how you're perceived and all this shit. Just do what you want to do. Like, if you want yeah. to go for it, go, go, but he does it to the extreme, of course. Like, he's like, well, I need a piss. Have a piss. Like, he does it to a far extreme. Speaking of extremes, of course, I will get back. Um, the most shocking of his natural ablutions was his public masturbating. Now. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that one. Yeah, I ain't going to try and defend it or anything, but he is a homeless guy. And he hasn't got anywhere to masturbate. So anything he does... anything does out in the open. Yeah, any time he does feel the need to have a go, it's going to be public. Just take yourself off somewhere quiet. I'm sure you can find somewhere. 
yeah, maybe, but then he was he's forever running the risk of someone just walking across him and going, oh my God, and he's just like, what? Like, because he yeah. wouldn't stop. He'd just keep going. He's like, well, you've walked in on me. Like, that's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, it is really easy. Oh, you're also probably thinking, yeah, he's homeless, but where is he actually living at this point? He's actually mm. living in a giant wine casket. Obviously, right. the, the Greeks are famous for their pottery, right? And b- vases and stuff. This is yeah. a massive, massive vase. Like, huge. And it's big enough that he can live in it. It would have been filled right. with wines and stuff. And it, it was just upturned on the side, and he lived in that. That was it. That was his home. And he kind of became famous for living in a in a vase. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so, it is really easy to forget that this dude is a famous philosopher, and not just a dirty old git wanking away in the streets and living in an oversized vase. Yeah. This, this guy was a critical thinker, baffled at how people blindly follow societal rules and not live naturally based on instinct alone like he did. He wanted to prove that he was living the ultimate free life, that his life is somewhat related to um, Plato's ring of... Uh, I think it's Gyges or Gigas. I, can't, I don't know how it's pronounced, but Ring of Gyges, I'm going to call it. Um, you might, when I sort of tell you the description of this ring, you might go, oh, that reminds me of something. You're probably already thinking it now. Uh, the, the Ring of Gyges, which allows the ring bearer to compl- be completely invisible. That's Lord of the Rings. It's kind of like Lord of the Rings. Yes, exactly that. The ring, once you put it on, turns you invisible. Uh, but the story tries to ask questions. Obviously, it's written by a philosopher. It's written by Plato. So naturally, it comes with deep questions. Um, Like, if you were completely invisible to the world and nobody could hold you to account for your actions, would you still behave in a way that society demands? Absolutely not. Exactly that. And that's the whole point of that question. It's like, if you suddenly had the power to stop time where you were the only one able to move about and do things, straight away you'd start doing weird shit. I'd take things, I'd rob things, I would fuck about with people. Like, it wouldn't take any time at all for me to go off the rails. You absolutely, to a T, described what Plato was getting at with this ring. He was sort of asking the question and arguing that would a man, would, would man the species having put the ring on, now invisible, would he go out and commit crimes? Would he go out and steal? Would he go out and, you know, commit sexual acts to people that he, you know, may like and all this sort of stuff? Uh, and the question, obviously, is out there, do you, w- would you think people would do that? And I think the answer is yes. I think quite a lot of people would go out and commit crimes, bad things like robbery and stuff i was having this conversation with someone a while back i was in central london outside uh i forget what's that embankment station Mm -hmm. and there was loads of people and i just said if a riot started right now at the drop of a hat most of these people would start looting and just lose their shit absolutely all it takes is just one little turn and for people to i don't know uh break out into craziness no, you're absolutely right. We had the um, London riots not too long ago, did we? Um, yeah. And people were looting left, right and centre then, you know? Yeah, um, it's just everyone's now, waiting for an excuse. Yeah, and those people could be seen. A lot of them were caught on camera. Imagine if you were invisible and no one could see you do it. Mm. You'd fucking do it. Like Everyone always does that whole, 
why just go into a bank? <laughs> it's like, right. So the only thing that is stopping you from being a, a thief and stealing a shitload of money is the fact that you'll be caught. Yeah, hundred percent. Is there's no morality about obviously like I think like murdering, raping, all that kind of stuff. That point is only a certain select people would do that, and I think it's those people that probably would have done it anyway. Exactly. I mean, Diogenes had some... robbing shit. I think most of us would go and take something. No, exactly. And it's really interesting. Like the Diogenes' whole thing raises that question. He's uh, he's saying that the only thing that binds you lot together as humans is the fact that society wants you to do that. Like, if you if you didn't have societal rules, you wouldn't get on. Probably, you'd all be thieving, murdering, doing all this sort of shit. But he's almost arguing that is it society's rules that allow you to behave or is it morality that allows you to behave is it is mm. it knowing that murdering someone is bad that stops you from murdering or is it the fact that society will deem you as a murderer and probably put you in prison that stops you murdering which one is it exactly is it is it that you're a good person or that you're being told not to do it and diogenes I'm obviously sure has that it, I won't let society tell me what to do, but I also have this moral good in my in my mind. He, I, as far as exactly. I'm aware, he didn't steal food. He always begged for food, and he always begged for money, and he always paid for things. So he had that moral right, good. Okay. So he's not a criminal, except for the fact that he's masturbating in public, which, as we all know from Hangover, is just frowned upon. That is very frowned upon. In fact, yeah, very frowned upon. You will get arrested. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's a very interesting thing, and uh, here's here's us thinking, you know, and you guys listening. Ryan's just been talking about this fucking homeless dude who's wanking off in a vase. How did we how did we end up getting onto critical thinking and deep conversations? And that's Diogenes. He's a critical thinker. He's a famous philosopher. He's not just a, an old dude running around in the streets naked. Um, mm. But yeah, we were speaking of Plato. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Plato, who we all may have heard of, very, very famous philosopher, one of the most famous ones out there, Uh, Plato and Diogenes were what we would describe in comics as mortal enemies. It's a bit bit dramatic. Yeah, very interesting. They're mortal enemies. They practically hated each other, right? Plato, he was a student and the natural successor to Socrates, but... Diogenes thought his mentor, remember Antisthenes, the guy who beat him with a stick, and then Diogenes was like, you ain't got a stick hard enough to fucking bat me away, mate. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Antisthenes had also been a student of Socrates, 
And Antisthenes, the way he lived, was closer, Diogenes thought, to the way Socrates taught how to live, right? His philosophies and way of thinking. He genuinely believed that Antisthenes was closer to his teachings compared to Plato, and that Plato just fucked it all up and made it all weird and shit, and Antisthenes lived a more pure version of the way he taught. So he genuinely thought that he should be the natural successor to Socrates, but instead Plato was that dude. So Diogenes just hated this guy. He was like, you're an arsehole, I don't like you, you're fake, all this shit. Like, if he had social media, there'd be Twitter storms and everything, it'd be all that. But it gets better because they didn't have Twitter, and it was more fucking interesting than that. The two men would go out of each other's way to annoy each other, (laughs) which is so fucking great. This is great. Diogenes, right, put it this way, context. Plato, he's got his own school of philosophy. He's teaching younger people about his way of thinking and how we should think about life and all this shit. And they're all sitting there going, hmm, you know, they're they're rubbing their beards going, hmm, over every question. And then in comes this fucking scruffy fucking old bloke Diogenes he'd just wander into Plato's lectures and he'd just start screaming at him just to annoy him <laughs> <laughs> imagine I it. love that yeah he'd just start screaming imagine when you were at university and you sat in a lecture and some old bloke just came and started screaming really loudly for ages just to annoy your lecturer that's Diogenes um, we had the, at uni. We actually had this conversation. It's the difference between ego and id, isn't it? Ego is what people see, and id is some other part of you that you conceal. And we had this conversation of like, what is your id? Like, what do you want to do but that you don't actually do? And one of my friends was like, during lessons and lectures, all I want to do is stand up and scream. Oh yeah, man, because you know you're not supposed to do. And it. I was like, he was like, just do it, just see what happens. Well, it's like in the cinema. All I want to do when it gets yeah. quiet is go ah. <laughs> Yeah, literally. You know, just because that's your id. That's the part of you that wants to do something, but your ego says no. Yeah, just before, just before we get the guy from the Kingsman in the View Cinemas that goes, "Hello," and then goes, "Got you, didn't I?" You know, you know the bit I'm on about, right? When when it all goes yeah. quiet, and he's like, "Oh, doesn't it raise the fucking senses? A bit of darkness and a bit of quiet." It's that just before he says hello, I just want to go ah and so sort of scream in the cinema. <laughs> that's your id. It's like that's what I really want to do, but the ego is like, I know I shouldn't, and I'm not going to because society is like everyone's going to hate me if I do that. Although yeah, I'd I think the world would be a hilarious. much more interesting place if everyone let their ids out. Yeah, exactly. If we were all just like, and that's what children are. Children are just instinctive. They do as they please. They do what comes to their mind, and they don't let no one tell them what to do. Yeah. They point at things they find obscene when we all just go, don't look, don't look. Like, But is that, yeah, is exactly. that weirder Where'd, or not? Oh, it's such a better way of living, man. Yeah. yeah. You, if you really think about it, it's such a better way of living. Yeah. Well, obviously, as we know, Diogenes is living that life. He's doing what he wants and he's wandering into Plato's lectures and just absolutely screaming at the top of his lungs. When he wasn't screaming, because <laughs> obviously these, these places are open spaces. Anyone could just wander in and listen to Plato's telling teachings and stuff like that uh sometimes diogenes would wander in and uh, as we know he's eating in public which a lot of people frown upon but he's eating really fucking loudly at the front of the fucking oh, lecture hall me off. yeah <laughs> can't stand loudly ears. like he's got the loudest chips or something and he's just crunching every single one you know like you know when you really bite into a pringles really slowly and it makes that excellent cracking yeah. noise diogenes is doing yeah. that at the front of players lectures 
oh, that would piss me right off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, on one occasion, Plato had to surmise that the human was nothing more than a featherless biped, okay? That's all the human is. It's like he, he was saying, if you strip away human, everything that we, we think makes a human, if you strip it all away, take that away, is it still a human? Yes. Take that away. Is it still a human? Yes. Take this away. Is it still a human? Yes. Then what makes it any more than just a biped, but without feathers? That's it. Right? It's a bit convoluted. Right? right? But when Diogenes heard of this, he went into Plato's lecture with a with a, a chicken that he'd taken all the feathers off and then went, behold, I've brought you a man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you know what it's kind of good because it then meant that Plato looked at his description his summary of what a man is and then he revised it and then changed it to say uh, that man is nothing more than a featherless biped with broad flat nails as to distinguish it from a chicken so it ain't got claws alright you right. can't bring a chicken in and say oh, I brought you a man because I said it had broad flat nails that's a chicken so yeah he's brilliant naturally in typical Diogenes fashion, he took it too far. And on one occasion, took a shit in his lecture and walked out. Oh, for fuck's sake, Diogenes. <laughs> oh, did bangs one out and leaves. Yeah, so imagine being Plato. You're stood in front of your like students, and then in comes Diogenes wandering in, and you think, for fuck's sake, what's he going to do today? And he doesn't shout. And you go, well, he hasn't shouted yet. He's not carrying any food. He hasn't got a chicken. And then he just walks out. And you think, what the fuck's he doing? And then you look at the floor and you think, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> He's taking a shit. <laughs> um, so, Plato, at this time, uh, compared to like Diogenes, was like this posh toff, right? He was yeah. very, very famous. He had many, many famous friends in many high places and he used this as his weapon but this is this is like a um this is relatable to me because i'm playing at the moment if this was a final fantasy game the attack that plato would uh, unleash on diogenes would be completely reflected it would bounce off him he wouldn't even notice that he'd fucking been hit by it all right mm. so par example when plato came across diogenes just in a stream washing vegetables he tried to mock him by saying, quote, Had you paid court to Dionysus, ruler of Syracuse, you wouldn't now be washing lettuces. Now, Dionysus at the time was a, uh, a dictator, a despot of this place called Syracuse. Obviously, right. uh, Plato's got friends in high places and all this sort of stuff. So, had you paid court to Dionysus, ruler of Syracuse, you wouldn't now be washing lettuces in a fucking stream like a chump, right? Now, undeterred by Plato's comment, Diogenes replied, Now, if you had washed lettuces, you wouldn't have had to pay court to Dionysus. Basically, <laughs> you're saying, um, if you were as self-sufficient as fucking, you know, like me, you wouldn't have to go over and do this sort of shit. I can, because I can live on my own. And you're yeah. like, damn fucking straight, man. What a comeback. That's brilliant. It, it, it's that whole, um, like, it's like a rich person just staring at a poor person being like, Oh, and the poor person's like, yeah, but at the end of the day, like, I know how to cross the street without getting hit by a car or getting mugged. Yeah, exactly. You're more straight. Like, you couldn't, 
yeah, I'm more streetwise than you. You couldn't do this shit. And he, that's where he gets his power from almost. He's like, you couldn't do this shit that I do. Yeah. I'm tough, man. So, um, Diogenes was out and about wandering the land when he was captured by pirates. Boom. Hit with a left turn. You weren't expecting that, was you? No. Nope. He was, he was, uh, he was abducted by pirates. Now, these pirates, they had intentions on selling Diogenes into slavery, totally unaware of who he was. Now, while captive, he noticed how different the human slaves were treated compared to the animals that were on board, saying, quote, I may, tell me if I need to repeat this, because it's a fucking long old quote, and even when oh, I okay. read it, I'm like, eh. That, that it was most absurd thing for pigs or sheep when they are going to be sold to be carefully provided with abundant food so as to be rendered fat and fleshy, but for the most excellent of all animals, man, to be reduced to a skeleton by bad food and continual scarcity and so to be rendered of less value than before. Makes so sense? So it's basically saying they're... Fat, they're, they're treating the animals well in order to get a higher price for them, whereas the superior being humanity is being treated poorly. Yeah, pretty much. He's like, it's just a fucking pig, and yet you give yeah. more fucking food and care to that pig than to a man who's able to actually fucking think. <clears throat> yeah. And that I'm now worth less at the end of this journey than I was when I got on your ship because of the way you yeah. treat me. Now, shame, I find yeah. it interesting how, like, humans are very easily... How human, how easy it is for humans to treat other humans like shit. And I, I yeah. feel like that's that's what I get from that quote, is that he's like, it's, it's, it's interesting how quick humans are at treating other humans like shit. Yeah, for sure. It's like, if you ever you watch a film, like, I can watch people die left, right, and centre, kill a dog, my heart shatters. Yeah, there's a reason. My girlfriend's hell-bent. She wants me to watch Marley and me, and I won't do it. Oh, mate, that film breaks no, exactly, my and heart. It's exactly that time. reason, James, I won't watch it. She's like, oh, yeah. why don't we watch Marley and Me? I'm like, look, I know it's about dogs, and I know it's sad, and that's all I need to know. I ain't watching it. Never ever. watch um, a dog's purpose. That film as well, fucking. Whore. I'm really hesitant to watch a film with a dog in it, unless it's Air Bud. I don't want to watch it. Well, a film where the dog's the hero and the dog is the hero at the end, and everyone's happy. Yeah, Air Bud doing basketball. I'm all for it. Yeah, Scooby Doo. <laughs> oh, Scooby Doo. Yes. Um. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Now, Diogenes was part for sale in Corinth, uh, where he was purchased by a man called Xenides, which is a really cool name. Spelt with an X. Xenides. Now, when Xenides asked Diogenes what he was good at, he's just bought this human. He's like, what can you do? Diogenes replied, "Um, I'm really good at ruling over men. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's thought that this sort of has a bit of a double meaning to us it means like oh he's just being sarcastic Um, Mm. it's thought that maybe back then ruling over men meant um, teaching men as in I'm really smart I can teach oh okay so it's it's really funny for us but it it probably had like a a more interesting meaning it's like I'm I'm actually quite smart I could teach people Um, yeah because uh, Xenides liked his spirit apparently and uh, very quickly um, found out that he was a man of knowledge and so made Diogenes the tutor of his two sons. So it's, you know, ruler of men, maybe that's what it meant. It was like, oh, I'm very smart, I could teach people. And he's like, right, you'll be the tutor of my two sons then. Um, yeah. Now, after some time, 
Diogenes was freed by Xenides. Now, we don't know why, but some say that he'd become so part of the family that they let him have his freedom, which obviously was the case in Greek culture. You could make someone free um, by just saying so, really. Yeah. Um, after like you know long service, you could say, "Look, thank you very much for your service. You're free." Um, I'm not entirely sure. We've spoke about slavery briefly in previous episodes, um, and we, I, I briefly went over slavery as a history. But like I said, we are Wikipedia for your your ears, so you know we didn't go in depth. But I'm pretty sure that for the most part, I probably get so much flack for this. Greeks treated their slaves a bit better. Like, I, I, I know the Romans were pretty bad at it, and, like, Americans, you're awful at it, but I think the Greeks, like, I think, didn't they, like, live in their household and stuff, and a lot of the time they Yeah, they, they did. Them like, it would be like a household slave, and it would part of it. It would be kind of like a butler. Yeah, yeah, like a butler. Which yeah, made me think I don't that, know. Like, I don't know enough to say definitively yes or no, but from what I've seen, yeah, I think they were treated a little bit better. Yeah, and we're going to leave it. It wasn't like that. mass slavery. It would be like one per family, or if you're a big household, maybe a few. That's right. It wasn't chattel slavery. You didn't have like hundred slaves or whatever farming yeah. for you. And the Egyptians were bad at slavery as well. Oh, the Egyptians, yeah, they were fucking awful at it. In fact, no, they weren't bad at slavery because the slaves did some amazing things, but they were bad in terms of humanitarian rights. Yes, that's right. That's what we're getting at. Egyptians were awful at keeping slaves because they were. Yeah. They had many of them. Anyway, after some time, like I say, Diogenes has been freed. Uh, it may be that he just served the family so well that they freed him. Uh, others suggest that he was always their slave, but he was allowed to live out in his uh, vase on the streets of Corinth because he was like, "I don't want to live in your house. Like, I want to. Yeah. I still want to kind of do my own thing. I'm happy to teach your boys. That's fine." But please, can you let me go on my journey, my fucking, my mental journey and live on the streets as I wish to be? And they were like, yeah, sure, why not? So it could be either way. But um, but yeah, Diogenes, he's back out on the streets of Corinth. Uh, and it's back out here that he possibly met one of the most famous men in the ancient world, Alexander the fucking Great. Yeah, very familiar with him and his statue. Oh yeah, Alexander the Great is, at his time, the most powerful man in the fucking world. He he was so powerful, he's named, and I can't even count it on my hands, how many cities he named Alexandria after himself. Yeah. We all just think of Egypt, but there were loads of them. This dude was, like, insane. He was, like, I think before he was 30, he had, the, like, this massive empire all of his own that he was warring with the Persians and shit. He even got as far as, like, India... This dude was insane for his time. All before he was I like think an 30. episode on him at some point would be interesting. Oh man, we should definitely do an episode on him. Yeah, I mean, I've done quite a lot of research on this dude. So yeah, he's very interesting. And now, right, before we go out here, like I said at the beginning of the episode, we ain't entirely fucking sure how accurate half of these reports are because one, it's fucking ages, or ages ago. So we can't really be certain how accurate these reports are. Two, we don't know about dates. So things get a bit hazy now. But I will make it clear. One, it is not confirmed if he actually ever met Alexander the Great. And number two, it is not clear if they did meet how often that they met, but I am going to tell the stories anyway. It's not clear how often they met, but there are a couple of uh, entries as to when they met and how they spoke. And I'm going to tell you the stories anyway because they're fucking brilliant. And I love that Diogenes is 
the very definition of big dick energy. So, it is said that when Alexander and his army swept through Greece on campaign and took the city of Corinth, he heard word that Diogenes was in the city. Now, um, Diogenes, uh, Alexander the Great was taught by a philosopher, so he's definitely heard of Diogenes. So he made every effort to find this mythically wise man who lives in a wine casket. Now, when he found him, he found a very old man, Diogenes, lounging outside of his casket, bathing in the afternoon sun. Now, Alexander stood over this man, explained who he was, and that uh, he would like to grant him any wish. Now, I am Alexander the Great. I've just taken over this city. It's mine. I'm like one of the most fucking powerful men in the world, and I've come all this way, Diogenes, to you, me, Alexander the Great, and I'm going to give you anything you want. You got a wish? Name it. If it's in my power, I'll fucking give it to you. What do you want? Diogenes simply asked that Alexander the Great just get out of his son that he was casting a shadow. <laughs> he was like, "Can you? You're can blocking you, my tan. You're literally you're blocking my son." Can you move over two steps, please? And that was it. That's all he wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Live in the moment. Live in that moment. He's got Alexander the Great offering him basically the world for no apparent reason. He's like, what do you want? Get out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> now, Alexander, as Alexander walked away from this encounter, supposedly he was heard saying to his soldiers, if I were not Alexander, I would wish to be Diogenes. Now, apparently, Diogenes... Oh. Yeah, exactly. He really respected this guy for his just brazen attitude. Bear in mind, Alexander the Great's a dude that got his cousin killed because he was, like, worried that he might, like, be a threat to him. So he's not, like... Yeah. He's not above killing people that piss him off. He will do it. Apparently, Diogenes overheard Alexander saying, if I were not Alexander, I would wish to be Diogenes. Diogenes replied, if I were not Diogenes... I would also wish to be Diogenes. He's <laughs> 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 fucking brilliant. Now, on another occasion, had um, on another occasion, a messenger of Alexander's met with Diogenes and uh, basically said to him, "Alexander the Great requests your presence. You must come at once." Diogenes said, "Nah. Um, tell him, quote, that which prevents you coming to me." is that which prevents me coming to you, right? Now, naturally, naturally fearful of sending back this message, as, you know, we all know where this phrase don't shoot the messenger has come from. Um, Clearly, he's going to be a bit anxious. Um, He replied to Diogenes in the response that Alexander is likely to have said, which was, so, what prevents me and what prevents you? And Diogenes said, well, okay, you can go back and you can tell Alexander this. You are too powerful to need me, and I am too self-sufficient to need you. Yeah, I mean, that's very respectable. It's also very true. It is, it is. He's like, I don't need a king. You've already come up to me once and offered me the world, and all I want you to do is get out of my sunlight. I don't need you, dude. Yeah, and Alex definitely doesn't need him. Alex definitely Alex doesn't need him, know but him. Alexander. Alexander, like I say, he was into his philosophy. He was taught by a philosopher. He was into his philosophy. And I think, if anything, he just really wanted someone of really fucking interesting means to just ch- chat to. But yeah. 
Diogenes was not interested in the affairs of the world. He didn't partake in politics or wars. He wasn't interested in the affairs of city-states and their squabbles. He was, as he called himself, cosmopolitan. Which is where we get the word from. Uh, Cosmonopolis, I think it is. It's Greek. Mm. Uh, It just means a man of the world. Yeah. Which is really bizarre. Because he lives in a world where you identify so closely with your city-state. And he's like, I couldn't give a shit. I, where am I? Corinth? I had no idea it was called Corinth. I thought it was Athens. Yeah. That's how he sees the world. He's like, I couldn't give a shit. He is that ultimate, yeah. like, um, you know, there are some people who have this, uh, what's the word? Where utopian idea of like a world without borders. That's him. Yeah. He doesn't see borders. He, he didn't, couldn't give a shit where you're from. Um, but yeah that was him he saw people as quotes complicating every simple gift the gods have given um, which made uh, made all the things artificial that's how he put it he even would wander the streets with a lamp during the day sometimes he's just got a lamp and he'd shine it in people's faces right when asked what he's doing he would say I'm looking for an honest man and I haven't found one yet (laughs) Um, so over the years in Corinth Diogenes became a local celebrity someone um, that the locals saw as their mascot like your dude fucking shouting at walls my guy walking around in very short shorts someone that we all kind of like we know he's a bit weird but he's our guy and we like him if someone was to piss him off you'd be like hold on a minute leave him alone come on so when a young boy fell onto Diogenes wine cast it and broke it the boy was flogged by the locals, right? And they then they all chipped in to buy him a new one. Oh. Right? Well, not bad news for the boy, but great news for yeah, the customer. Yeah, bad news for the boy, good news for Diogenes. So, even, and this is the thing. Diogenes is known for pissing and shitting in the streets, sleeping in your way and wanking off in public, and people be eventually, they were like, yeah, but that's just him. Which makes me think... Yeah. Like yours and you know mine and most people's natural response to the way Diogenes behaves is that of disgust, right? But it do, it does seem to be that the longer you hang around with Diogenes, you kind of get used to it. You accept it as normal. Yeah. And then it makes you go, yeah. Wait. So my initial disgust at the fact that Diogenes wanks off in public and has a shit where he wants is only because society has ingrained it in my head so much that I think it's bad. And actually, if I hang around with someone who does it often enough, I will see that as normal and maybe even do it myself. Yeah. Very, yeah, it it, it provokes deep thought. It provokes deep thought. It's exactly what I wanted to do with this episode. Now, Diogenes was getting on, right? He wasn't long for this world at this point. When asked what he wanted done with his body after he died, can you imagine what he said? Like, if you've got like a sort of general gist of what Diogenes is like now, what do you think he wanted done it's with his body? Like, fucking leave it wherever it falls. 100% accurate. Very well done. Uh, ding, ding, ding. When asked what he wanted done with his body after he died, he told them he wanted to be flung over the city walls and left for the animals to devour him. Yeah. 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 Now You don't need the body anymore. Naturally, people that had asked him this question, they were shocked. They were shocked that anyone would want that to happen to their body. So they was like, are you sure? Like, are you sure you don't want... You really you don't want that to happen to your body. Like, come on, you're not going to be upset by that. And he was like, "All right, fine, whatever. If you're so concerned about that, 
why don't you leave my body with a big stick so that I can beat off the animals? <laughs> and and naturally they were like, but you'd be dead. You can't use a stick. And he replied saying, if he had the lack of awareness to use a, st- a stick, then he had the lack of awareness to care what happened to his body when he was dead. Very true. Spot on. So true. You know, when people like when you, I don't know why we do this to ourselves, but we go, oh, do you want to be buried or cremated? Yeah. And everyone goes, oh, no, 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 I don't want to be buried because I, I don't like the idea of worms eating into my body or something. And you're like, you're not going to give a shit, mate. No. You like <laughs> you won't even know. The second you die, that's it. It depends what you believe that's in it. death, but I believe the second you die, like, bye. Yeah, that's it. That's why I'm so terrified of dying is because, like, that'll be the end of the journey and that's so much fun, the journey. The journey's great yeah. and I really don't want it to end. Um, but I, I've always thought... I I want to be buried in an unmarked field randomly. Interesting. And because because I am what's the word? I'm very vain, right? In in some ways. You know you know um <clears throat> you know in Robert Downey Jr.'s Sherlock Holmes movie mm. when they think that he's hung himself or he's suffocated himself? Yeah. That's the bit, yeah, they think he's hung himself. And then Jude Law and Mary walk into the room and they're like, oh my God, he's dead. He's hung himself. And then Jude Law's like, no, 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 he's much too vain. He could never kill himself. Yeah. Like, that's me, right? That's how I could live my life. It doesn't matter how down or upset or shit I hate life. I could never do that, right? But in death, I still want to be relevant, okay? So I want to be buried in an unmarked field no gravestone, no nothing, just a random field. I don't even want it written down what field it was. I want everyone to forget, like Genghis Khan. Everyone's just going to forget what field I was buried in. Yeah. Because I know what's going to happen. The rate we're going at at the moment, some fucker's going to buy that land and they're going to say, I'm going to build a development on it. And they will build a load of fucking houses, a nice new estate, and some fucker's going to bury, uh, dig me up. Right? Yeah, and then they have to stop building. And then they're going to have one stop building i'm going to become a major inconvenience at that point (laughs) so they're going to stop building it's going to cost that dude money and it's his own fault for trying to fucking make money out of people for no apparent reason and shit then they're all going to have to go oh god someone's going to be traumatized that they found a dead body right i don't even know how long i'll have been in the ground at that point but still and two they're more likely to put me in a museum at that point rather (laughs) than just in a pauper's grave and then i will forever be looked upon that's my theory. Right. I'll make sure your final wishes are, are met. Yeah, they are, they are my final wishes. When I have a will, I will do that. It's either that or I want to be um, I want to be uh, stuffed like taxidermy. That's creepy. We'll go with this field. All right. Because I thought I could then be ta- uh, taxidermied and then I could be propped up in the living room just in front of the telly, just in front of the corner of the TV. You know, like if the corner's covered of the TV screen, you practically can't see the whole screen at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want that. So you just want to be a massive it's, inconvenience it's in death. I really want to be a massive inconvenience in my death. In right. Okay, I'm going to go the other way. I want to be like, you know, you can like get made into like soil or whatever and become a tree. Oh, that's really clever. I, I want to really be a good. I want to be a big tree. Oh, that's great. You know you can get um, made into a diamond. Yeah, but I like I don't really care for diamonds and stuff, but I like nature. For, yeah, but then no, I want to be on like I, I want to be on like greenbelt land or something so I know that no one will ever chop me down 
<laughs> no one can chop you down, buddy. No, I want to be a massive fucking tree. That'd be cool. <laughs> That's Not that great. I like shit, that. That's no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. But you know, maybe something. I don't know. We don't know. Now, how Diogenes died is a bit murky. Like most things in his life, um, some say he died eating a raw octopus. Others say that he died from a dog bite while feeding a dog an octopus. Right. But my favourite my favorite guess is that he simply became bored of living and held his breath until he died. <laughs> I really want that one to be true. I, mean, I wouldn't put it past him, but isn't that physically impossible? Exactly. I don't know. Because I suppose your your instinct is to then go... <gasps> and then your body again, has a it? natural survival reaction. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? And if it's it, like, if it's impossible work, to drown yourself up. unless you're forced. Yeah. Yeah. I really want that to be true, though, that he just went, oh, do you know what? I'm bored. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, like, he's gone, I think I'm, I think I'm ready. <gasps> it's and interesting that, it. that the first two both involve an octopus. Yeah, which makes me think that they're more likely to be true because there's more than one account uh, involving an octopus. So, yeah, maybe he did die from eating an octopus raw. Maybe the, the, the octopus was still alive in it. Yeah, it's not a very nice way because like, they say that the octopus's tentacles can still stick to you even inside your body. Yeah. Which is why you should stop fucking eating seafood. Like, it's crazy. Mm. Stop eating fish, man. They're not natural. We shouldn't be eating fish. They're weird. They're aliens to us. Stop the it. sea is a whole different planet. Well, it's not a different planet, but oh, a whole man. different world. It's terrifying. They say we they say we know more about the moon than we do about the ocean. Yeah, I, I reckon there's so many fucking terrifying things in the ocean that we haven't discovered yet. Mate, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a kraken. Yeah. They're mm. just down in the biggest, in the depths of, uh, what is it? The trench. What trench is it? Oh, uh, Mariana's Trench. Yeah. Yeah, man. There's some stuff going on down there. Even James Cameron can't get to the bottom of it. Yeah, and he fucking loves diving. He loves diving. He spent more time on the um, Titanic than the actual people that were on the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a true fact, you know. <laughs> I like that. That's brilliant. Uh, anyway, Diogenes died in 323 BCE, aged around 90. Bloody hell, that's good innings for ancient Greece. Really good innings for ancient Greece, particularly for a man who lived on the streets, didn't even have a home. Yeah. He done really well. Now, um, Diogenes is remembered today in many different ways, okay? Uh, he has a syndrome named after him called Diogenes Syndrome, rather inventively, uh, which is characterised by uh, severe involuntary self-neglect. Right. Um, so like, people who just really cannot look after themselves at all and they just go to shit. Like, that's sort of called Diogenes Syndrome because he allowed himself to become uh, a scruffy cunt. Yeah. Um, however, it's also um, <clears throat> it's also characterised by hoarding as well, which apparently, like, people have said, oh, you can't really call it Diogenes Syndrome because Diogenes hated materialistic things. He wouldn't have had stuff to hoard. He just threw it all away. Yeah. So it's kind of works, but it doesn't work. Um He's also been depicted in many paintings over the years, and uh, there are many sculptures to him. Uh, a couple have been erected in uh, Corinth, where he was famous for living, and in his hometown of Sinope, in which is now Turkey, there is also a statue of Diogenes with his lamp and a dog by his side. Nice. And he's also referred to in comic books and by famous playwrights like Chekhov, uh, yep. In the um, uh, story Ward Number Six, 
and by William Blake in the story The Marriage of Heaven and Hell. And uh, that that is the end of our episode on Diogenes the Cynic. That was very funny, very interesting man. Really fucking interesting dude. I think we can all learn a lot from him. Maybe don't wank in public and shit in public, but but be more dog. Yeah, like what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Just allow your id to come out every now and then. Indulge your id, that's the word. Be your inner child. Yeah. Fuck society. I say fuck society, yeah. I'll wake up tomorrow and I'll just be conformist again. Oh, I can't help but be conformist. I really am. But most of my conformist attitude comes from my own anxiety. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. I don't want to stand out in public, ever. No. but I, is... I just want to blend into the background. But this is the thing. Is it society that causes me anxiety? Well, that sounds like a tongue twister. Is it society that causes my anxiety, or is it my anxiety that allows me to conform to society? I think society shapes us all as people. Yeah. So is it my anxiety? Is it society that causes my anxiety that makes me fear standing out? Yeah, hundred percent. And if it wasn't for like society and you know us all trying to be good little ants and all sort of not upset each other, I don't. It's know the age-old test, isn't it? If you get into a lift and everyone's facing the wrong way, you will face the same way they are. Oh right, is that right? Yeah, like if you get into a lift and everyone's facing the back wall, 100% you're going to face that back wall. That's crazy, isn't it? If someone whispers to you, say I'll come up to you and go, hey, Ryan, you're going to whisper back. You won't talk normally. It's crowd mentality, isn't it? That's what they call it, isn't it? Um, Yeah. Devon Brown likes to play with crowd mentality. it's, it's It's proper fascinating. We are just ants. We are ants. And, we, um, and I think we've been conditioned to to view people that do indulge their id and be more like Diogenes as weird and all oh, don't be like them when really we should probably look up to them oh don't get me wrong like, I, I admire people that can truly be themselves and they they care not for how people perceive them yeah it, it, it but, would be truly beautiful alas some of us just don't have the capability yeah man I really wish I could be that guy that dances like no one's watching yeah, even even if I'm on a night out, I don't dance because there's always something in the back of my mind being like, you look like a tit. Yeah, I get the same thing. I cannot dance to save my life. I know that. No, no one should be watching me dance. I dance like Phoebe Buffay trying to run, <laughs> right? And whenever if, if ever I'm like with friends or on a night or something like that, I know my brain will go, no, but if you dance, everyone will think you're an absolute fucking idiot. And yet I yeah. know... There will be someone that is in the friendship group that will dance like an idiot and they don't care. Yeah. But then there's like sometimes like a song will come on and I just want like you feel your body moving and you just want to do weird shit. Like you just oh, want to like contort yourself out. and just flower your arms, but you don't. Yeah. Sometimes you just, you let your inner id come out and you feel fantastic when you do it. Yeah. May we should all maybe make a change in a in that way. I think that's what I've got from this less from this episode. Oh, I'm glad, I'm glad. I was about to say, I feel like we have genuinely got something from Diogenes in this episode. We have genuinely yeah. learned to maybe be more free. Like, stop letting people and society tell you what to do. Start doing what you want to do. Except at the minute, stay inside. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay inside for now, because you genuinely will be keeping people alive. Don't go out. 
just because that's what you want to do. Diogenes yeah, do what you want to do fuck. as long as it doesn't impact someone else. Don't hurt other ah, people. That's a really good point. If Diogenes was living during lockdown, he'd be like, no one's going to tell me to stay in. I'm going to stay exactly. outside in my vase. And then he yeah. would inevitably spread it more. Yeah, he'd die from it probably because he's old and unhygienic. Yeah, probably actually. Yeah, yeah. Don't be Diogenes just yet. Wait until the lockdown's lifted and then go crazy. Then I'm sure lots on. of people will. I'm sure lots of people have a lot of pent up energy. Yeah, 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 yeah. They definitely do. Just don't be wanking in public. Yeah, wanking your own house. Like, be be free, but also be aware of you know what people might find uncomfortable. Yeah, so don't make there has to be like a limit as to how free you can be. If you want to sing in public, sing. If you want to dance in public, dance. Because that doesn't hurt anyone. But yeah, that, that's it. That's it. So long as it doesn't hurt and upset other people, do what you want. Yeah, don't shit on the floor. That's what we've got from this episode. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good lesson. And I think we will end it there. Nice. That was very, very enjoyable. I like oh, that, man. I enjoyed Diogenes. I like Diogenes. He will always have a place in my heart as being hilariously funny and also disgusting. Yeah, I think he's probably one of my favourite philosophers now. I don't really get philosophers. Like, how do you become a philosopher? You just think differently. I've, I've always thought this. I have such a, a fascination with philosophy. I love asking questions. I love trying to answer these questions as well. And I'm a really deep thinker. And do you know what really pisses me off in history when someone's like, they were famous for being a philosopher? And I was always mm. like, how do you become a philosopher? Where do I yeah. find on Indeed philosophy jobs? You, you can't. There Some people no literally study thing. philosophy. I don't know what they fucking do with that degree, but they study it. Yeah, I don't know. I always wanted to study philosophy, but I'm not academically gifted in any way, shape or form. So I would never I be able think, to get oh, through it. But I think that's the beauty of philosophy. I think people that are studying philosophy are wasting their time. And I think Diogenes would agree. He'd be like, just fucking think in the moment. I think that's a really good way of putting it, yeah. 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 If, Maybe if one you are day we'll be famous keep as going. philosophers. Maybe. We'll start a philosophy podcast where we'll just talk about random shit. Okay, everyone. Um, be sure to watch this space as we will be having a philosophy podcast coming up in the new <laughs> year. Oh, gee, I'm that's what people that. might do. That's what people think. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, mate, that sounds sick, actually. That sounds really interesting. <laughs> Alright, we're now going to have a side episodes, a side <laughs> channel, uh, podcast, whatever. It's still, that's what people do, but it's that's what people think. I like it. We'll discuss this yeah. off air. Um, yeah. Look forward to it in the future, guys. Anyway, uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've sticked with us because this has been quite a long episode, which is great. Um, I hope you've enjoyed Diogenes and I hope you could have learned something from him and you may take something away from it. Um, be more dog. Also, be more dog. Be more happy with commenting and reviewing us on iTunes. <laughs> yeah, um, please do because it really well, helps. Yeah, we discussed this last week um, when we had a, we we recorded the episode and we had a quick chat about how the podcast is getting on and we're we're really happy with how it's going and actually we're really happy that the people have taken the time to re- rate and review us on iTunes. I'm not sure how you can do it on any other platform like Google Podcasts and stuff like that, but I know you can do it on Apple iTunes and uh, Apple Podcasts. So. Um, yeah, I feel like we're going to... Well, this is just... I know I do the end bits of the episode. So um, please feel free to drop us a uh, review uh, or hit us with like uh, five stars or anything like that on iTunes um, because I believe that helps us with becoming more uh, recognised in the podcasty world. 
So if yeah, you're on iTunes, on lists. that's right. We'll get us on lists. If you're looking for a podcast to listen to and you're interested in a documentary style, uh, you know, people telling you about other people podcast, we may pop up on that feed and then we can get more people listening to us and enjoying these episodes. Um, so yeah, please rate and review us on uh, any of your podcast apps. That would be really, really helpful. I may even drop a money incentive, but we'll, we'll wait and see till payday and then I'll figure out if I can do it or not. <laughs> Uh, but yeah please do rate review us also follow us on all the social media platforms if you would like to have updates on what we're getting up to and you'd like to see pictures of the people we talk about so you can follow us on instagram at that's what people do podcast Uh, follow us on facebook at that's wpd Uh, the same will be for twitter at that's wpd or if you have any suggestions for someone you would like us to talk about um, then drop us an email at that's what people do podcast at gmail.com Phew. That's the longest bit where I just talk and rant and go off on one. Anyway, thank you very much for joining me again, James, and enjoying the episode. Thank you very much for everyone listening. Uh, Do we have any ideas to who we're talking about next week? Uh, I think we do. Uh, We're going to go for a man called Henry Brown, uh, more famously known as Henry Box Brown. He was a slave who posted himself to freedom. What? Yep, he mailed himself in a box to freedom. Excellent. I like this. And I then became a magician. Oh, really? Yeah. Excellent. All right. I look forward to that. Look forward to that, everyone, next week, guys. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Tune in next week. And we'll see you then. Tassie, bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack 
for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.